welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps, and I am thrilled to be able to bring to you today as a power woman, a young power woman, the very beautiful and talented and bright Rena Medhani. Welcome, Rita. Thank you so much, Vicki, for having me here. It's honestly such an honor to be here and to be able to speak to you. So Rena is the executive director and founder of Start Lighthouse. Now, you didn't get born an executive director. <laughs> so where did you grow up in, and who was influential on you in your early growing up days? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up in Chicago, and I would say that my parents and my brother were so influential on my upbringing. My parents immigrated to America in the 80s from India, and they always instilled this importance of hard work and perseverance and me and my brother. And then my brother is eight years older than me and he ultimately became an entrepreneur. He quit his job and decided to create his own uh, legal startup. So he was just someone that I was always looking up to, was always admiring the way that he was just so fearless in everything that he did. And he was just always someone that believed in me and believed in my potential. And because of that, I would say I'm here where I am today. It's interesting how that influence of just watching him do his yeah. uh, journey into creativity has led you into creativity. And, uh, and tell me a little bit about what is Start Lighthouse. Yes. Unusual uh, name. <laughs> yes. Come up with I mean, that took us a very long time to even land on a name, actually. We were going back and forth in terms of what are we going to actually call our organization. But Start Lighthouse is a nonprofit organization that aims to disrupt childhood illiteracy through an intergenerational approach. So we create access through customized literacy kits that are designed to build student home libraries. And then we also provide resources and tools to be able to empower students, family members, and caregivers to really foster a love for literacy at home. So you've got to be a little more concrete for me. Okay, I'm a former yeah. teacher myself, and I love teaching. It was one of the great joys of my life. And now I feel I have all these newspapers to educate people with. <laughs> so you're starting with little ones in childhood, which is, I always believe, to get a child young enough and you nurture them in the right way, you've got them for life. Mm -hmm. to, to be specific about some of the services that define what you actually, what your mission statement says. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're creating and distributing customized literacy kits, we're trying to address this key um, point of access in the community where it's really difficult to come by high quality print material in children's books. So these literacy kits really center multicultural literatures. So we pride each child with two brand new books bilingual comprehension guides, which are guides that can be used by family members and caregivers as they're doing read-alouds at home, as well as reflective activities that tailor to the books that are included to really help deepen their engagement and further their comprehension. So uh, explain that to me. How do you identify who you're giving the services to? How are you funded? How do you, how do you raise the money to buy the books? Yeah, so when we started our organization, we had a rather modest goal. We wanted to be able to collect and distribute 
500 brand new multicultural books that really centered BIPOC protagonists and their lived experiences. And so ultimately, once we surpassed that goal, I look to cultivate relationships with existing publishing houses and authors. And through these partnerships, we've been able to source material for our customized literacy kits. So we grew from having 500 brand new books to having 4,000 books within the scope of a year, which has just been incredible. And then in terms of identifying students who we distribute our literacy kits to, we actually reached out to schools last year during the height of the pandemic that were operating as meal distribution sites. So that's where students and families were going daily to just get hot meals. And ultimately I connected with the administrators of certain schools. And because of that, we were able to cultivate partnerships. So now we have a partnership with PS5 Fort Morris, which is an elementary. And you're operating in the Bronx? Yes, yes, we're operating in the Bronx. Okay. So, the, so in other words, you partnered with schools to bring books into the students. I mean, how do you even choose the students? Um, so we're essentially just working with students um, that are high need and really need these services. Um, they may be students that are currently struggling to read proficiently or don't really have access to a lot of these materials. So that's through collaboration with the administrators and educators that we're working with. So how did you get the funding for the program? So the funding came through a lot of us relying on just our personal networks in terms of crowdfunding, but then also just in-kind donations that were coming in from authors and publishing companies. And that's really what's allowed us to grow and do the work that we're continuing to do in the community. Okay, but you know what? That doesn't pay your salary to be able to buy food to put on your table and have a roof over your head. How do you do that? Um, well, I'm still um, currently working full time as a data analyst. And then I'm also working on Cert Lighthouse simultaneously. So right now it's like blending two of my interests because when I was in grad school, I actually had the opportunity to work as a research assistant. And so while I was doing this research, I really came to fall in love with data and especially how you can leverage data to storytell and to illustrate impact. So I get to do that during my full-time day job, but then it's all about just taking time either in the morning or late at night or even on the weekends to do what I'm doing with Start Lighthouse. And I'm also lucky to just to have an incredible team of passionate individuals and volunteers that help me really bring this to life. So uh, it really is um, uh, your not full-time job, but in fact, it is your passion job. Yes, yes. But I think, you know, doing that kind of intervention uh, depends a lot on the public school administrations to allow you to come in. Do you mm -hmm. actually read books with the children or you give them books? Or you, you talked a little bit about that kit. How does that work for the students? Yeah, so we um, provide students with these customized literacy kits. So we go in and we'll distribute them to students and their families. But then we're also working on creating inclusive learning spaces in the classroom. So last summer, we launched our very own racial justice literacy program. 
where we're essentially creating a space where students can have conversations about identity, race, social justice, and the development. How old? How old? Do you, what, what age students are you working with? Because that's a pretty sophisticated thinking. Yeah, I mean, we're working with students um, as early as kindergarten to eighth grade currently. Okay. Um, students are capable of having these conversations. Oftentimes, we don't know how to approach having these difficult conversations, but kids are so intuitive. And as early as five years old, students are making um, connections between how they look, um, just biases, stereotypes that exist. Um, they're just so self-aware. And I think the longer we're just gonna continue to dismiss that, that's what's led us to where we currently are as a nation. So it's really important to make space um, for that to take place. Well, I think that um, there's nothing more precious than a mind of a child and how you can nurture it. And certainly having the conversations and, you know, I guess you, I don't know how you're juggling your full-time job in this. When do you find time to do this? I mean, honestly, I would say really early in the morning and late at night, but also just the weekends too. It's just, I really try to carve out time to really be able to nurture this passion. And honestly, it's all for the students in the community. And that's why I make time. Well, I think that leads me right into my next question, which is what would you say are secrets to success in whatever you pursue? <laughs> that is a really great question, Nikki. Um, I would honestly say the secret is just to start small. It doesn't matter how small your idea is but just to start small and just to test it out. Even if you have an idea and you want to test it out with 10 people, find those people and see if it works. But I think also another um, important secret to all of this is finding people that truly believe in you and see your potential and are going to be a champion for you and the work that you're doing. And I'm so lucky to find that in my family and especially my older brother. And that's really what's kept me going, even when things do feel like they're getting difficult or it's difficult to balance a full-time job and my passion project, I have someone to turn to. And that's really what's gotten me here. Well, I think that's a wonderful lesson and I think you're living it. And I think you have a great visions of what you would like to do. And I think it'd be wonderful if that could become your full-time job at some point. But I, yeah. I'm so delighted <laughs> to be able to chat with Rena. Um, and Hani, who is, you know, created the organization and she's the executive director and founder of Start Lighthouse, creating great opportunities for young children in literacy. So thank you so much for being with me and all the best of luck to you. Thank you so much, Vicki. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm so grateful for you. My pleasure. Thank you. And this is Victoria Schnepp saying bye till next time. Bye.